the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Today's broadcast is the conclusion of The Kings from the East and the Battle of Armageddon. It's exciting that you're here with us today. Appreciate you being here. Remember, our phone number is 877-788-5371. 877-788-5371. You can call that telephone number at any time with any questions that you have. And remember, you can always listen to this message again at reachingyourheart.com. Just look for the broadcast schedule there on the main page. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentanko. Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, who's the power? It's God the Father. Sitting at the right hand of power, His Father, coming in the clouds of heaven. How many times have we envisioned the second coming of Christ and we failed to recognize that God the Father is coming with His Son? Luke 9, 26, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed. When he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So the kings of the east represent God the Father and his son Jesus, who will appear in the heavens at the second coming on the last day. I want those kings of the east to come. What about you? I want them to break into human history and change this awful, ugly world for good. Back to the sixth plague, Revelation 16 12. The sixth angel poured his bowl. On the great river Euphrates. And its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Let's put it all together. According to Revelation 17, 15, the river Euphrates represents many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Right? That's what it says. The waters that the harlot sits upon are many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. So we don't have to guess at what the river is. It's a river of humanity from all over the world that flows through that city, according to the book of Revelation. The kings of the east represent Jesus, who is king of kings and lord of lords, and his father. God the Father is the ultimate king. The river flows through Rome, that great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. Now, what kind of dominion? At the very end, it has influence. The book of Revelation does not teach that the city of Rome will have world dominion in the sense that it will be the beast. It teaches that it will ride the beast at the end. It will manipulate the world kingdom order. It will pull the strings of the kings of the earth so that they veer away from God's word and truth and they make war on the Lamb. The Bible is saying that the peoples of the earth who support the great city... Their support at some point will be dried up just before Jesus returns. I think I know how that occurs. Imagine if you have been deceived and you receive the mark of the beast at the end of time. And your preacher, your pastor said, don't bother to go to Bible and study that out. 
Oh, forget about the Sabbath. It doesn't matter. We're first day Christians, even though the word of God says it matters. And you have found yourself following a system that in the end persecutes those who stand for God's truth at the end. You have found yourself part of a church system that became so wed to the state in church-state relations that it lost its true lover, Jesus Christ, and you didn't even figure it out until it was too late. When the sign of the Son of Man appears in the clouds of glory, there will be millions of ministers in this world who will be guilty of deceiving their people by preventing them from looking at the clear teachings of the Bible. And I know exactly what will happen when that transpires based on this imagery. The great river support, the peoples of the earth that have supported these false systems of religion that refuse to obey the Bible. They will turn on those clergymen like they did in the French Revolution. And we will have an awful bloodbath before Jesus returns. The book of Revelation teaches that quite plainly. Look at Revelation 17 verse 6. The ten horns representing the nations of the earth. That you saw, they and the beast will hate the harlot. They will make her desolate and naked. They will devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. This occurs directly before the second coming of Jesus Christ. So just before the destruction of the great city and the drying up of the support of the peoples of the earth, the Bible predicts that the entire world will come under satanic control. That's hard to imagine. But it's going to happen. It happened in Jesus' day. 400 years passed from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew. The book of Malachi ends by saying, listen, I'm coming to deal with the false clergy of the Jewish nation that failed to recognize the angel of the covenant, the messenger of God in the Old Testament. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord. And who can endure the day of his appearing? He is like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. He will sift the sons of Levi. 400 years pass. And Christ no longer appears as the mighty angel of the Lord who is the Lord in the Old Testament. There is absence of prophetic interaction until Jesus appears. And that which was supernatural appears natural, but nonetheless is supernatural. And Christ goes into the synagogues of the Jewish nation to cast out demons because the devil had taken over the Jewish nation. You can't tell me that can't happen in the Christian world. If the Christian church today persists in what it is doing, in rejecting the Bible, rejecting the law of God, turning its back on Jesus, having a counterfeit of the Spirit, but not listening to the Spirit, this world situation will move in the same line that it did back then. The book of Revelation teaches the Christian world that rejects God's Word comes under the power of satanic delusion. When the Bible is rejected, when Jesus is rejected, the darkness is deep. Revelation 16, 13. And I saw issuing from the mouth of the dragon, from the mouth of the beast, from the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean foul spirits like frogs. They are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God Almighty. There's a lot in there. These three unclean spirits are a counterfeit of the three angels' messages of Revelation 14, 6 to 12. Most Christians today say, what's the three angels' messages? That's an amazing thing. You read Revelation 14, you have Jesus coming. Just before Jesus comes, you have three angels' messages that prepares the world for the coming of Christ. 
And most Christian churches today will not interact with the historical reality that the first and the second angel's messages have already sounded in the 1800s. There is one people on the face of the earth proclaiming the third angel's message, the warning of the mark of the beast, the need to keep all of God's commandments and have faith in Jesus. And so the Christian world today is blind to the truths of the prophecies that are meant to prepare the world and the church for the coming of Jesus. And so these three unclean spirits are a substitute and counterfeit of the three angels' messages. The Bible says they perform signs and they go abroad to the kings of the earth to gather them together. What happens when men and women don't follow the Bible? There's miracles and signs that take the place of clear Bible teaching. And so in the sixth plague, there will be satanic signs and wonders that unite the world against God's people at the very end. These three demons are symbolized as frogs. Now, why frogs? I don't know if you saw the news this week. A frog in Russia, a tree frog, was captured by a photographer catching a bat in its mouth. A bat flew by the mouth of that frog. And that frog reached its long tongue out there and grabbed that bat and pulled it right into its mouth. And the photograph was right there for the world to see. An unbelievable image. It couldn't eat the bat, but it sure did catch the bat. Now, these frogs are not good frogs in the book of Revelation. They're demonic frogs. In contrast, the three angels' messages represents God's message to the world. They're good angels. These are not. The false spiritual activity of the three unclean spirits is represented as frogs. Why? And I'm going to be very frank here. The Bible does not give us a symbol for us to ignore the meaning of that symbol. The symbol is to show us what it is. And yes, it can offend. But God doesn't mean to do this. He means to instruct and to lead us to Jesus. Frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, because they have to do with speech. The frogs jump, and they're famous for the use of their tongues in eating. And that is the spiritual activity that will gather the world for the great battle of Armageddon. The Bible points to a false religious revival in the world that is a misuse of the gift of tongues. It is not a proper application of the biblical teaching, and it looks like frogs. There's jumping around. False tongues, but no Bible, no obedience to God's word, no centrality of Jesus in the preaching, the mixed. In these great interfaith ecumenical gatherings of our time, especially during the time of John Paul II, it didn't matter what religion you were a part of, Buddhism, Shintoism, even voodoo. Various people from all kinds of religions, Hinduism and other things, would gather and the tongue-speaking phenomena was manifested outside of the Christian church as part of those universal gatherings. Ask yourself the question, can the Holy Spirit be poured out on someone who does not confess Jesus Christ, does not surrender to the authority of His Word, does not even recognize that He is the Son of God, that continues to worship deities that the Bible says are demonic in nature, is that a proper manifestation of the gift of tongues in our time? What this phenomenon has done, and sociologists and others have recognized it, it has brought the Reformation and the Catholic Church together without resolving any of the biblical questions that created the Reformation. The Reformation started over the teaching of sola scriptura, the Bible and the Bible only. Faith in Jesus Christ alone, justification by faith, 
These are unresolved issues, and yet people are going back to the mother church because the spiritual phenomena is so great, the glue that now holds them together. In the sixth plague, it's not the Holy Spirit the world follows. It is demons at the end. Those who reject the three angels follow three unclean spirits, and they think they have the Spirit of God. Now, the proper manifestation of the gift of tongues requires interpretation. It's been decently in order. And based on the scripture, it is a language that can be understood. It benefits the hearer who can turn to Jesus Christ. At the Tower of Babel, what transpired? Remember they built a tower to reach all the way to heaven? And God came down and what did he do? He confused their languages so they couldn't understand each other. In time Babylon, Revelation 18, builds her sins. It says as high as heaven she heaps them. The tower goes up. But instead of understanding God's word, God's word is obscured. So it's different. At this point in history, the entire world and most of the Christian church will become a united satanic stronghold. The text says that they go abroad to the kings of the world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God Almighty in Revelation 16, 14. What is this battle of the great day of God Almighty? If it's the battle of the great day of God Almighty, then somehow it's the battle against God, isn't it? It's not some battle against nothing. It's the battle against God. It's the great day in which God himself is manifested as a warrior. In the book of Revelation, the war is against God's people, against God's law, against Jesus, against God. And God in Christ will defeat his enemies in the second coming on the great day of Jesus' return. Wouldn't it be nice in the future when those people who love God everywhere, in the Roman Catholic Church, millions of godly people who love Jesus, in the great churches of our land, when everyone stands together based on faith in Jesus and the Word of God, and there is unity just before the end. The Bible teaches that the unity of God's church will not be based on compromise. It will be based on a surrender to Jesus and a searching of the Scriptures for truth. The devil is not pleased with this movement in the Christian church throughout the world. He's not pleased with men and women turning to Christ from Islam. He's not pleased with men and women and the great Catholic faith that gave us the Bible going back to the teachings of the Bible. He's not pleased with evangelicals who discover that the law of God is still valid in their walk with Christ. And so they make decisions to keep all of God's commandments, including the seventh day Sabbath. So what does he do at the end? Revelation 12, 17, the dragon was angry with the woman. He went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus and the dragon stood on the sand of the sea. He goes out to take out that end-time group of Christians who will be faithful to God. Revelation 17, 12, And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. In other words, the political leaders of the world will unite against God, and the church will unite too. The Greek word is they gather together for the great battle of Armageddon in Revelation 16. It's synagogue. They create a synagogue, a false faith festival to take out the people of God in the last days. The three unclean spirits caused the United Nations to agree for the very first time in history, and they will agree to make war on God and his people. It's like the unity of Pentecost all over again, but it's not God's Pentecost. It's a false unity that will attack Jesus and his truth. It's not the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, Revelation 17, 13. These are of one mind, just like at Pentecost. They were in one accord. 
And they give over their power and authority to the beast. Some people in our church have said there'll never be another world kingdom. You ever hear that? People say, well, Rome was the last. In evangelistic meetings, you ever hear that? Well, they're wrong. Look at that verse. These are of one mind and give over their power and authority to what? The beast. There will be, for a very small period of time, a unified world order that reemerges. For what purpose? To persecute the people of God and to wipe them off the face of the earth. The nations will unite for that end. The Greek says of one purpose or consent. The nations that fight like dogs today will agree on the last day to destroy the people of God on earth. Revelation 17, 14, they will make war on the Lamb and the Lamb will conquer them. For He is Lord of lords and King of kings. And those with Him are called and chosen and faithful. Friend, I don't care what church you belong to, and it doesn't matter what church I belong to in this sense. Are you listening? What matters is if you follow Jesus and His Word. Am I right? And that's what matters in my life. And it doesn't matter what you've learned for a hundred years. If it's wrong, it must be corrected if God's Word says correct it. Am I right? And friend, if something in our lives needs correcting, we must listen to the voice of God and let it be so, Right? And not fight against it. The only people who will stand against this final onslaught against truth and against God's people are those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, who love the Lord Jesus enough to obey his word and follow it. In Revelation 19, Jesus appears on a white horse with the armies of heaven to make war on those who make war against his people. In Revelation 19, 16, he's called King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Revelation 19, 19, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against the one who sits upon the horse and against his army. Friend, Christ loves his people and he will fight for them when the entire world turns against them. There will come a day when you can no longer live on planet earth and live for Jesus. There will come a day when all earthly support will be withdrawn. When people of religion and people of politics will unite to destroy you if you are true to Jesus. And Christ will stand up and gird himself with sword in hand to save his people from Satan's effect, from his three unclean spirits, and from the leaders of the earth making war upon them. And the one who died for you will not sit still and watch you slip away into the abyss. He will save you if you love him. Jesus will appear in the clouds of glory. Revelation 1.7 says, Behold, He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see Him. And those also who pierced Him, and all the nations of the earth will wail on account of Him. Even so, amen. Christ will break into world history as a cosmic event to end the old order and to bring the new to light. And heaven's rule will be imposed upon this world, and the old age will end decisively. But everyone who loves Jesus will never end. There will be a never-ending morning of love, joy, and peace. At the end of human probation, when the plagues fall, it won't bring God glory to have another person die as a martyr. People have died throughout the Christian centuries because others could be won by the witness of their death. But when that no longer works, Christ will not allow that to happen. The battle of Armageddon is not a battle of one nation against another. It is the battle of all nations against God and His people. And the armies of heaven will intervene, Christ will intervene, to defeat the kings of the earth that move in a single night to destroy His people. 
the very end of the sixth plague, the voice of Jesus calls out to his church to be ready. It is a lover's call for his people. He calls out to his people to be awake, to consider their personal lives, to consider their public lives, their beliefs, and to make sure they don't lose him at the end. The signs of the times are in the book of Revelation. We're not looking for the end. We're living in the time of the end. He calls out to his church to keep the wedding garment of Christ's righteousness instead of the rags of their rotten deeds and mistakes and to be awake, to understand prophecy, to get it at the time of the end. To hold on to Jesus as their only ticket into eternity is the only way out of here. I believe that the vast majority of God's people who love him are in the Roman Catholic Church today. The finest people I've known on the face of earth have come from the Roman Catholic faith. I say that because they are my brothers and sisters in Jesus. And I don't apologize for that. And these dear precious people who love Jesus will one day understand with clarity what his word teaches. The Bible says a great voice will be heard saying, Come out of her, my people, that you will not participate in her sins or her plagues. You know, the Bible's not in the business of demonizing the people of God. That's not the purpose here. It's talking about an end-time system that is political in nature that used to be the place that gave us the Bible. Friend, heaven is a gift. And Jesus is the gift that makes heaven worth giving to others, that makes it free. No man, no church, no state can stand between Jesus and the soul. That's what the book of Revelation is talking about. Christ is coming with a rod of iron to break the demonic powers of the three unclean spirits. At the darkest hour, the midnight cry will come from him. Heaven's call to his church to come home will sound. And Jesus' people, in every quarter, in every church that obey the word of God by faith, will be saved because they love him more than anything on earth. And when there is no longer any place for them here on earth... Heaven will be the only place left to go. Revelation 16, 15, and 16, Jesus is speaking. Lo, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is he who is awake, keeping his garments, that he may not go naked and be seen exposed. And they assembled them at the place which is called in Hebrew, Armageddon. Dear Heavenly Father, as we live at the very end, you will not come back to any church that willfully sets aside the Bible. And that means our church too. The only people who will stand before you are those who love Jesus to follow its teachings. Father, we're not any better than anybody else in this world, Christian or otherwise, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Father, in our profession and in our sharing of faith with others, help us to be consistent The things we teach, give us the grace to live them. May there be no contradiction in this place. And Father, what I ask for is this. I ask for the love of Jesus to be here, but for the truths of Jesus to be here too. Father, how can we love you if we do not obey you? We have precious brothers and sisters, Lord, who do not yet know what is happening in the world. Very soon that wake-up call is coming. When that mark of the beast hits, our time is over as a people to proclaim it as we have. Because many in this fellowship will leave 
who have had great opportunities for over 100 years. I pray, O oh Father, that the remnant church, a prophetic people that is gathered here and represented around the world, that you will help us to be obedient by faith and to have Jesus and, Lord, to give the witness of God's word with a loud voice that loves the people for whom it is proclaimed. One day, Lord, when all of this is over, there will be no Seventh-day Adventist church. There will be no Catholic church. There will be no Baptist church or any other church. There will be just one church, Jesus' church. A church that keeps the commandments of God and has the testimony of Jesus. And Father, I pray for those who have studied God's word here, who have made those vital changes, may those who have been here for many years not be roadblocks for them. Lord, there are teachings that we must present for changed lives. And sometimes those very teachings are denied by those who have been in the church for many years. I pray that you'll help us all to be careful to consider the body of Christ in this place. May you bring into our fellowship those that are yours. And Father, bring us to those that are our brothers and sisters in Jesus and those who do not know you. Lord, I've prayed long and preached long today. I don't like doing that. But I'm asking for a different mindset in our church because Jesus is coming. Give us the Bible and Jesus and forgive us for sinning against you. Here at Reaching Hearts, in Jesus' name, amen. Today's broadcast was entitled, The Kings from the East and the Battle of Armageddon. You can listen to this message again or download a personal copy from reachingyourheart.com. Just look for the broadcast schedule there on the main page. The Kings from the East and the Battle of Armageddon. Thanks for listening today. We'd love for you to join us at the brand new facility, the new church, this Saturday at 11 o'clock. The address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That's 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. We would truly enjoy your company this Saturday at 11 o'clock. For Pastor Mike and everyone here, please also know that we pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.